Today on the CMB Podcast, I'm excited to have Jordan Cannell, worship leader and songwriter, right here in the studio with me. He's a fellow North Carolinian. We met at a gig that we both played at a couple of years ago. I'm really happy to have him on today's episode. We talk about songwriting. We talk about music making. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. That's today on the CMB Podcast, Session 48. Welcome to the CMB Podcast podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CMB Podcast. Good to have you back this week. Here we are in session number 48. Really excited to have Jordan Cannell in the studio with us today. We're going to get to that in a moment, but I want to just welcome those of you who are first-time listeners to the podcast. Head over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift, and I want to give you a gift about songwriting. It's a free guide and a free MP3 audio uh, talk that goes with that guide on how you can use Evernote to become more disciplined in your songwriting, more organized in your songwriting, and get on a trajectory to be writing a little bit every day. And um, that's a free gift, so head over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift, and you'll receive that free download there. All right, we got Jordan Cannell in with us. Well, he's not technically in the studio, but he kind of is. What's up, Jordan? How's it going, man? Glad to have you with us on the podcast today. Um, we're going to get right into some things, but um, you're a buddy of mine. I'm, I'm stoked that you're with me here in the, in the actual recording live of the podcast itself. It's kind of cool. First time we've done it like this. I've had It's a good thing, man. Yeah, I've had guys in the studio before. I've done that, I think, twice, maybe three times. And um, But usually, as I was telling you, I, I always record the interviews first. For those of you who are listening, I, I typically record the interviews first, and then I go back and try to like edit them a little bit and then kind of do a, an intro and, and make that its own segment. So I, I figured I'd try something new today, and Jordan has been putting up with my, my weaknesses as a broadcaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, really, really stoked to have you with us today, buddy. Um, yeah, we met at a, at a Christmas gig. In Winston, yeah. in Winston Salem, a fellow um, North Carolinian. You're outside of Charlotte. Why don't you tell us where you're from? Uh, I live in the thriving metropolitan of China Grove, North Carolina. Uh, population somewhere under five thousand, um, with two stoplights in the downtown area. Um, nice. If you blink, you you will literally miss our downtown strip. So, so don't blink. <laughs> don't blink that's right <laughs> don't blink or you'll or you will miss china grove oh man yeah now is, is china grove a suburb of charlotte or, or yeah it's okay. I, honestly it's you could you could consider it um kind of right in between charlotte and where you are in greensboro um because it's just about a, a 50 minute drive for me to greensboro and about a 40 minute drive to charlotte so i'm almost dead center okay cool so I drive through quite a lot. I, sh- I-, I can wave at you every time I come through. Yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you who are listening, head over to thejordancanel.com and, and 
His last name is spelled C-O-N-N-E-L-L. And um, that's his website, which we'll be going through all that. But um, you're a songwriter. You've been you've been writing for how long? Uh, I actually started writing um, when I was uh, 15. Uh, I wasn't particularly great at it then, but um, it just kind of started becoming a passion of mine around my sophomore year in high school. And um, it actually, you know, it kind of starts taking over your life if you let it. So, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story just before all that? How did you how did you become a Christian? How how did you come to faith in Christ? And then how did that connect to music for you? Yeah, um, I actually have a really um, unique and crazy story. Um, especially if we start from uh, from the time I was born. My mom actually got pregnant outside of wedlock and um, hit her pregnancy from my grandparents. Um, I think for about six months, which is kind of impossible if you think about it, but somehow she made that happen and, uh, I ended up giving me up for adoption. Um, and, uh, that, that was, that was kind of a a scary story for me when I was a kid, you know, my mom would always tell me, um, that's what happened. And then, um, seven days later, um, her and my grandparents came and picked me up because she couldn't go through with it at an orphanage in Greensboro. So, um, there's a connection wow. to Greensboro. Wow. Um, and I, I was, I, I feel so blessed that I was able to grow up in my family, um, in a, in a Christian home, um, a family that really loves Jesus. And my mom kind of instilled this passion for music inside of me, um, because she was a singer herself. Um, and I, I, I grew up following her to concerts and, um, going to watch her sing and making trips to Nashville with her and, um, very cool. You know, and she she kind of gave up her her dream so that I could be able to pursue mine. Um, and mm-hmm. she was a full time mom, and she's a superhero. So, uh, but wow. really, um, that passion of music comes from my mom, and um, I, I I grew up in 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 a small town like we talked about in China Grove, and um, went to private school all the way through eighth grade, and then transferred to public school, which was a dramatic shift in my life. Um, I was exposed to things that uh, you, a sheltered private school kid really isn't exposed to, you know, and, um, and I, I was really then that I really felt like um, I really started living for Jesus in a real way um, because I, I was confronted for the first time with, with, um, with a lot of temptations that I'd never been confronted with before. Um, so I would say um, I was saved when I was about seven years old but really started understanding what it meant to be a Christ follower um, probably when high school started. And even then, all the way through high school, just really kind of figuring out why I believe what I believe and uh, what I stand for and why I stand for it, you know. Mm. And um, around around the, the summer of my sophomore year, um, I went to um, a church of one of my buddies that had like contemporary worship. And, and I had never really seen contemporary worship like that before outside of a concert. And uh, that was really the first time that I felt the presence of the Lord in a worship service like that ever. And that was uh, the night I went home and I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I think I'm going to be a worship leader. And I feel like that's what the Lord wants me to do. And uh, from then on, man, it's just been a wild ride of Jesus just opening up doors and, and me being scared sometimes and not having the faith to walk through some of them. But then the ones that I do, um, it's just been a blessing. So. Wow. Jordan uh, was one of our CMBite spotlights on the blog. I believe it was number seven 
And uh, I'll put a link in our show notes today. Our show notes are at christianmusicblog.com slash 48. That's the number 48. Jordan, it's awesome to see that, you know, your first instrument was drums. And, That's right, yeah. You know, we share that in common. I was actually given a drum kit when I was three years old. And, nice. Yeah, and uh, I love the drums. I still play them, and every now and then, whenever I get the chance here at our church, I'll play drums when, when I have our other worship leader lead us. But um, yeah. for you, piano was the instrument where everything sort of begot, uh, became more serious, and for me, it was guitar. So That's, I'd love to hear your story yeah. about that and um, kind of how that started you. Yeah, that's 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 kind of a cool cool thing, man. That's I didn't know that we had that in common. That's kind of yeah. awesome. Uh, I got my first drum set when I was three, and it was one of those like toy drum sets that you you know you can get from like I think it was like Fisher Price, you know. Um, and I remember just beating the heck out of that thing all the time, driving my family crazy. You know, they would put me in the basement and let me play it, so it would be like out of the way. Um, but um, and then uh, when I when I was uh, I think I was ten years old, my grandfather bought me my first real drum set, and I was just on cloud nine. Um, it was a uh, it was a CMB percussion, which is kind of funny that it it's the same <laughs> thing as your as wow. your as your <laughs> yeah, I yeah told, it was red. I totally forgot. Red about was silver hardware, and man, they don't even make that 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 company doesn't exist anymore. I don't even think. And uh, it was just the coolest thing, man. My favorite color is red, and uh, and that the movie that thing you do it came out around um, probably about two years or so before I, I got that drum set, and um, I would sit down in my basement and play the theme song, you know, that boom, cat, cat, boom, cat, boom, boom, and just uh, really just play it all the time. And awesome. uh, drums actually uh, still are one of my like really big passions. I don't get the chance to play them as much as I, I would like, but. Um, Anyways, kind of shifting to how the piano came into my life. Uh, my grandmother uh, played piano, and so there was always a piano in our home um, when I was growing up, and I would always just kind of dabble on it. And um, for some reason, man, um, starting public high school and, um, you know, getting cut from the baseball team, you know, it really just kind of broke my heart. And I remember, like, going home and, like, trying to be, like, a sappy love songwriter, and for some reason I just sat at the piano and um, – from then on, it was just like I fell in love with it because I, I figured out how to play a C chord, which is probably the, the most <laughs> basic chord you can play on a piano. You know, um, it's kind of like the G chord or the E major chord on a guitar, you know. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And and uh, I, I really uh, genuinely just taught myself and I, I really I'm kind of proud of that. You know, like I is piano is piano is tough, man. It's a tough instrument to play. And um theory wise like learning the scales and my circle of fifths and really just starting to dive into it that came later um but definitely feel like god called me to be a piano player um because i i just can't see myself doing anything else you know mm. instrument wise so that's cool man so um you began writing songs on the piano and fast forward to a little bit later you you actually right now you're part time at a church leading worship. Yeah, that's right. When was, uh, when was worship leading something that became something that you loved to do or you knew you wanted to do it? Right. Yeah. Um, well, like I kind of said earlier, um, I came home from that church service that night, um, the summer in between my sophomore and junior year of high school. And, um, 
I, just, I remember telling my mom, like, mom, I really feel like, you know, being a worship leader would be something that I could do. Um, and uh, that next year at my high school, um, I was the president of our like Christian club, which was called YCI um, or um, Youth Commission International. And it's kind of like an FCA or an intervarsity. And um, I actually led worship for the first time at, at one of our, our meetings before school. Our school started at 730. So getting a bunch of high school kids up early on a Friday morning at 7 a.m. to gather and worship before their school, like, like their school day starts is hard enough. Um, but we were blessed to just have an awesome committed like group of kids. And, um, we were there every week. And, uh, this one week I, I just decided to, you know, to sing a few songs. And I think I was singing, how great is our God? And, uh, I was so nervous and I had my eyes closed halfway, pretty much halfway through the song. I opened up my eyes and I saw my peers worshiping and, um, it was like, I could just hear God audibly saying to me, Jordan, you're doing what I want you to do. And, um, and worship leading just, um, really is, I don't, I don't really know what else I, I could be doing, to be honest with you, man. Um, hmm. after, after experiencing something like that and then just seeing his faithfulness, you know, um, I really don't know what else I could be doing, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Now, as far as songwriting, uh, we've talked on, on a few occasions about your songwriting process. Um, yeah. why don't we talk a little bit about that? Um, Let's talk about the general process that you have as far as maybe not process, maybe like the approach um, before process, you know, the difference. Like how do you – what's the big picture look like when you when you think about songwriting? What comes to mind first? Uh, usually for me, um, I think I actually said this in, in our little interview that we did earlier was um, I, I'm a melody first type of guy. Um, it's very rare for me that lyrics come first. Um, just because of, of being a, a piano player, you know, like I, I will sit down at a piano and then, you know, like I'll play a certain chord or I'll phrase it a certain way and it just sparks a feeling inside of me. And then I'll usually open up my Bible and um, find a verse um, that, or sometimes I even, there's a verse that just recalls to my mind just because of the music. And, um, and that's usually where I'll start basing my lyrics off of um, 100% of my songs are based off of scripture somehow. Um, which is something I, I really think is uh, awesome. I love that. Um, and, um, but yeah, so, so pretty much uh, melody first. And um, if I, if, you know, I have like songwriting sessions where I meet up with people and um, usually um, there's, there's like that spark lyric, if you're going to go lyrics first, you know? Right. Um, but most of the time for me, man, it's, it's pretty much melody and music first. So, yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, do you, do you find that you work really well with, um, wordsmiths, you know, lyricists who are really gifted the other way? Do you have relationships yeah, like um, that? I do. I, uh, I have, I have a couple of friends that are really, really talented lyricists that cannot sing to save their lives. Um, but <laughs> they, they, man, they can spin a phrase that it'll just, you know, Words are words are very powerful. They're a very powerful thing, you know. And um, I, I don't want it to seem like I, I the, the words are like a back burner for my music. That's not uh, that's not how it's coming across. But um, just as a for for me in my songwriting style, um, usually the music kind of takes takes me to where the lyrics are gonna going to go. 
you know, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so now let's go back to the songwriting process for you. Let's say you get that idea, you, you, um, somehow you record it, you capture it. Um, take us through, um, the journey of a song, so to speak. What's the journey okay. of a Jordan Cannell song from start to finish? Um, okay. Uh, well, um, I'll give you one of my favorite songwriting stories. Um, I was on tour, uh, the summer of 2010 or 2011, actually, I'm sorry. And, um, my band and I traveled from Charlotte to Los Angeles and back. And I was in a hotel in Flagstaff, Arizona, and my band was out grabbing some food and I was just tired and feeling like kind of homesick, you know, that, that happens sometimes when you're out on the road. And, um, and I saw, so I don't play guitar, but I grabbed, um, uh, my buddy Greg's guitars in my band and I was just laying back on, on that hotel bed looking out at this beautiful view of the mountains in Flagstaff. And, um, I just started playing, um, these chords and, um, the only kind of the only chords I know on guitar, which just happened to be in the key of G. <laughs> nice. And, uh, <laughs> every worship leaders, just, every worship leaders, same story. Yeah. <laughs> G. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt yeah, the story. Man. Keep going. No, that's okay. It's, that's completely, that is a completely accurate description of, of worship leaders who play acoustic guitar. Give me a G man, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, I started playing these chords and I played, uh, for those of our friends on this podcast that know the national number system, I was just rocking like a, a six, four, one, five. And I just started singing the word, whoa. And um, this beautiful chorus came out of it and ended up actually being the title track to my uh, latest album called Everything Everlasting. And um, I, I remember singing like Jesus um, and feeling like just this God, I, I feel so alone, so far away from home. But for some reason, I have this peace because you're with me and you're, I feel you near me. And um, it was almost like the second I started singing, the presence of the Lord just came in the room and the song just happened. And that was one of those really special occasions that a song just like falls in your lap and you know that it's like just a gift from up, up top, dude, you know. Yeah. And and um, and so like my band gets back from getting their food and I'm like, gosh, you got to hear this. And so I played the song and um, it was like an expedited version of what normally happens in my songwriting process. I'll usually write it record the demo, shoot it out to my band, we'll practice and um, they'll write their parts. And if I have an idea for one of their parts, they're really uh, awesome about, you know, just kind of um, really pulling out my heart for the the song. And um, and it's just uh, songwriting, man. It's a blast. You know, I'm getting excited talking about it right now. So Yeah, man. It's awesome. You, you mentioned your band. Um, I'd love to kind of ask you some questions about band life maybe yeah we, we yeah, can, yeah, we, yeah we can get to that in a minute but i, w- I don't want to leave songwriting too quickly uh but this is related to being in a band and being creative with a band so let me just ask you you send them a demo they get a demo however you send it out mp3s email i don't know what you do but they get a demo yeah. they listen to it you guys meet up together what's it like when you get together are you saying i want to hear i hear this in my head i want you to do this or are you like play whatever you want or, or both? What's that like? Yeah, it's kind of a mixture of both. Because um, there's there's some songs where I, I look at my drummer, John, and I'm like, dude, I can... Because I, I tell him this all the time. He He's he's my favorite drummer in the world. 
He's a very simplistic drummer. He doesn't overplay. He's in the pocket. He's 100% tight with the click track all the time. I just, I love playing music with him. And um, most of the time with John, I'll look at him and I'm like, bro, I trust you. Do your thing, you know? And then um, with my, my, some of my guitar players, like I'll look at them and I'll be like, hey, man, you know, try this hook and I'll like play the hook on the piano, but it, it sounds a little bit better on the guitar, you know? And I'm like, yeah. maybe let's throw some reverb on that. Um, scratch the delay because it's overplayed in worship music, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then, uh, with my bass player, um, he, he's just one of those selfless people. Um, I, I'm lucky that, that I've been able like to have a band just full of a bunch of selfless people that are willing to, um, really just kind of jump behind the vision that God's given me, um, for my music ministry. And, and also, you know, like a, a bunch of the guys in my band have came and helped, um, with my church and they're a part of our worship ministry. There's some of the most just dedicated and selfless people, man. Um, anyways, I'll jump off of my, I love my band soapbox right now. And, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's, it's kind of a mixture of both. Um, you know, um, sometimes like I will look at them and like, Hey man, this is what I really feel like needs to happen. And, and you know, they're, they're like I said, they're selfless enough just to be like, yeah, dude, let's try it. And if it doesn't sound good, we're close enough friends and we know like we've been doing it long enough together. Like, dude, I don't like that, you know? Cool. And, um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, like a, um, just a, it's, it's a team effort, man. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today without some of those guys. So. That's very cool. Yeah, I know I know from experience as well. I mean, playing in a band, longevity is rare. And and I don't, I don't think though that it's because of um well, let me try to rephrase my statement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, relationships are hard, right? Everyone knows that. Relationships take work, relationships in general. And then you add to that music and art and creativity and and egos and all that stuff and it becomes more interesting and more exciting. But um, the yeah. longer a band can stay together, the 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 better because you're you're deeper in relationships. Um, but um, right. I, I don't know. I'm just thinking about that as you, as I hear you you share that. Now let me ask you another question about that. Um, okay. And you don't have to answer this. Feel free to say, Nate. I want you to edit this out <laughs> or not. <laughs> um, uh, v- veto. <laughs> yeah, veto. Um, songwriters, especially guys who. Um, come up with the majority, the lion's share of the song on their own in the closet. They bring a song to their band. It's their song. How do you guys deal yeah. with, how do you guys deal with that from a copywriting publishing? Side yeah. Of um, I, you know, it, it's, it's a really good question, man. Um, and I had someone really clarify that for me. Um, uh, one of my buddies who lives in Nashville and does this for a living. Um, the guy that writes the chord structure and the lyrics, it's his song, no matter what, lead guitar part drum part is added into it it's that yeah. guy's song you know um and that that's coming from a nashville studio musician himself who puts his own spin on a lot of people's chord structures and melodies and, and lyrics yeah um you know um but yeah so that's kind of that's that's um the gospel truth i guess <laughs> i don't know no that's cool uh, I, I, have to, I agree with the- you don't have to I don't have Sorry, to man. You don't I, have to like. You don't have to edit that out or anything. That's, um, but yeah, and, you know, and and um, or no, is that? But is that something? Is that something that you guys have like talked about as a, as a group and sort of just have some clear things, sort of expectations set? You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know if we necessarily like actually talked about it. I think it was just kind of almost somewhat understood from the beginning. Um, 
especially, you know, because we've all been with the drummer and the bass player and myself have been making music together since we were 17 and 18 years old, you know, it's awesome, man. And yeah. yeah and it's, it's, the process has always been kind of the same. Like I'll, I'll present a song, you know, and, and, um, it's never, there's never really been a question of that. Like I said, they're really selfless people. See, that's, that's what it takes right there. It's just, um, two humble people always get along. I, there's a friend of mine who used <laughs> to say that, but, um, no, that's cool. I mean, but, um, you know, it's definitely one of those things that it's important to discuss and kind of get that thought through. I think it's good that you right. had that buddy of yours in Nashville tell you that, because I agree with that. I think a song is is basically the part that is the, the soul of the song. It's the words, the lyrics, the way that you sing those lyrics. And even chord progressions right. are, are more relative. I mean, a lot of people can take a song and sort of rearrange it with different chords, but you're still singing yeah. the same song. Um, right, I think that helps a lot. But um, now, yeah. now, do you yeah. do you co-write with any of the guys? Um, I haven't had any co-writes um, on this first album that we did, uh, but I have. You know, I have this gut feeling. Hint, hint. That there's going to be a lot of co-writes on this next one. <laughs> cool. Well, why don't we talk about? Uh, well, let's talk about that. Let's go ahead and transition to that. Um, you were just talking about um, your recent album, Everything Everlasting. You're going to be doing yeah. a, a remastering of it and releasing a re-release of that. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? But then I'd also want to go forward because I know you're, you're you're planning on an entirely new album for at least the end of this year or next year. So let's start with everything everlasting, right. and then we'll go to that. Yeah. Um, well, on April 3rd of this year, it'll be the two-year anniversary um, of the release of Everything Everlasting, and that album was really. Uh, uh, kind of just a, a cool moment for for me as a songwriter and as a worship leader um, because it, it's it's like a, a mesh of songs that I from the time I was 16 to the time I was 21 um, when the album released you know and um, you know it was it was very rushed on the mixing side of things and so I've been blessed to have a, a, a lot of good friends of mine that are jumping in and really just you know, we're just going to try and remix it and remaster it and bring some of the things to life that were in the actual files. Cause I, you know, I have all my master files and, um, I'm just excited about it, man. It's going to be out on iTunes on the 3rd of April. Um, it's and, awesome. uh, the, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. It's just one of those things, man. You just, you know, you kind of, as a, as a musician, you always geek out about little mixing like ear things. I call it ear candy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm excited about that just because that album is always going to be really close to my heart. Um, but uh, my, my new project, um, which is something really cool that I'm also really excited about. If you can't tell Nate, I'm excited about a lot of things, man. Excited um, excited is a word that I often get accused of using too much, but I don't ever feel you that. You know what? I'm always like, hey, that's cool. I'd rather, be, I'd rather be accused of being excited a lot than being <laughs> bored a lot or whatever. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with. I don't even think you can be too excited, to be honest with you. Right you on, know, right I think on, you yeah. can be. I think you can be overexcited, but too excited? No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yep. But my my new album um, that I, I've been writing this album um, probably for about five or six months now, and um, I'm in the. I've been in the process this past month of nailing down who I want to produce it, nailing down where I want to record it. And I finally think I've got all my stuff, my ducks in a row. And now it just comes down to the financing and 
um, looking to go in the studio sometime in September, um, laying it down and hopefully for an early 2015 release. Um, but the album is going to be called The Need and The Wanting. And um, that comes yep. from uh, Philippians chapter four, um, where Paul is pretty much talking about. He says, you know what? I, I know what it feels like to, to be in abundance. and I know what it feels like to have nothing. And what's amazing to me about that is that he's <laughs> he's writing all these things from prison. And um, Paul is just one of, he's one of the most amazing, amazing um, people in the Bible um, besides Jesus, you know, because um, when it comes totally. down to it, you know, um, after the ascension of Jesus, you know, it, it, the disciples really, you know, with the great commission, man. Um, and what's crazy about Paul is that he was like, he, he says this so many times. He's like, I was the greatest sinner. I killed the Lord's people. I killed them. And he still forgave me. And he turned me around. And look what he's doing with me now. Granted, I'm sitting here in prison telling you this, but I have... I have no sadness inside of me because my joy is found in Christ. And uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of where the whole theme of the album was found. So That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And so uh, listeners can expect to see that at the earliest at the end of this year? Um, I would say probably at the earliest, the beginning of next year. Um, okay. At the latest, I would say spring of 2015. Hopefully it's going to be in a winter release. Um, I've always been a fan of albums that release in the winter or early spring. So, Very cool. Awesome, man. Well, I was thinking what we could do now actually is play a little bit from your your album that's going to be remastered on the two-year anniversary here. Um, okay. And I, and I have that right in front of me here. This is The Anchor, and uh, we're going to go ahead and start to roll that. And um, I love it. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. So here's Jordan Cannell, The Anchor.
awesome i love i love that that ending you, you, did you intentionally plan for that to um die off like that like i i, I could see you like keep going live i'm sure you maybe played that yeah. a few times and then you just you leave the <laughs> yeah. listener just like wanting a lot more so that's really cool yeah i appreciate that man yeah and uh yeah it's it's that's kind of cool that you think that because we do do that we 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 uh play it like that live um that part where, where I call those little pushes there, I call them glissolis, where the kick and the cymbals are just pushing at the same time, and they're just going at it, man. And I get that from a Seeger Ross song called Glissoli, and there's that that oh. that form of of drumming is in that entire song, and uh, that's just something that I've like nicknamed it personally. If it spreads, it spreads. If it doesn't, that's cool. Hey, I'm all know? about jumping on that bandwagon. I mean, I'm I'm a Seeger Ross <laughs> fan. I I don't know that song, but um, I can totally hear what you're talking about with that. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things I picked up. But when, when the band and I play that song live, um, that song, it either opens my, my set or closes my set. Um, and most of the time when I, when I played it live, it, it closed it. Um, and it just, it really turns into this really sweet moment with Jesus after you take it to that point where it's just like in your face and everything is just playing as hard as you can. And, and especially from a musician standpoint, you're at the end of your set, you're giving it 130%, you know, everything's just coming out of you. Yeah. And then you take it down and you just drop back and you let the people of God sing, love fall and quench this ground. And you start telling them, pray this over your city, pray this over your nation, pray this over our world, like love fall mm. and quench this thirsty, thirsty world, you know? it's awesome. And, man. um, it's a cool moment, man. And it's always cool when you get to see people singing the songs that God has given you. Um, I know you probably understand what I'm talking about. There's just something that happens when a group of people start singing a melody that the Lord birthed inside of you. And it's just, um, it, it's a really amazing moment. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, yeah, definitely. It's a beautiful song, man. And I love your voice. You have such a cool sound. It's very relevant and very unique at the same time. Um, Thank you, man. You mentioned in your the spotlight interview that we did recently on the blog that you were pretty influenced by um, Reliant K. So, and, and then you mentioned yeah. also John Legend from the piano perspective. I thought that <laughs> yeah. was great. Do you listen it's to a lot? It's very drastic. Yeah, yeah. Do you listen to a lot of R&B? Uh, I, I don't really. I actually don't like R&B 
modern R&B. Um, oh. I, I, really I know, I know. I'm probably going to get a lot of haters on that one. Um, I, I, I like old school R&B with real instruments, not digitized instruments. I feel like if you're going to sing a soulful rhythm and blues song, you need real instruments, not these synthetic midi drums with all these snaps they get on my the snaps are like the worst part they, they kill me you know you know what i'm talking about those snaps are the worst you i know? can i can uh, uh yeah i can respect that for sure i mean who doesn't like yeah the, the roots and that's the, right the, the roots old, um, john legend dude yeah. let me tell you that the the collab album that the roots and john legend did together one of the best records you can listen to if you're really in the mood to listen to some good r&b music and soul oh, yeah. music um, sure. but John Legend, man, he, he always 100% of the time never fails me with a good R&B song. So that's cool. Well, this is, this is great, man. Well, Hey, I'm going to try to transition to something that I've never done on the podcast before. Um, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot, Jordan. I hope that's okay with you. I'm, yeah. I'm calling, I call this the lightning round, um, advice section. Okay. First time, first time we've ever done this, I'm going to start to list a few things and I want you to just give a few words. You can, you're not allowed to give more than like three or four words as far as advice. <laughs> so whatever okay. comes to mind, like your first thought on, on these topics as a form of uh, advice for artists who are getting started, um, independent people, um, whatever it might be, just whatever comes to mind as far as what you've learned and advice. Does that make sense? I know you're going to be tempted to say, want to say a lot more, but um, <laughs> I'm not going to like police it too much. So feel free, but definitely the, the three or four best words that come to mind. Okay. So here's, here we okay. go. Here we go. Social media. Stay in contact. Nice. Three words. <laughs> hey man, that was good. I'm going to give you a little applause here. Okay, um, <laughs> very cool. Number two. Okay, accounting and business administration. Leave it to the professionals. <laughs> nice. Good, good, good. All right. Nashville. Coolest city on this side of the Mississippi. Okay. Okay, what's the coolest city on the other side of the Mississippi? Man, Austin, Texas. Oh, that's good. I like it. I lived in Nashville for a year. Um, okay. Back before it started to get really hip. So I think, I, I feel like I, I left before all the hipsters arrived. I mean, it was okay. still it was still pretty cool, but um, anyway. Okay, we'll keep going here. Man, no, no, go uh, ahead. Just, I, I always think the, like of Nashville, you know, uh, a lot of people think of it for music, which is um, most of the time when you refer to Nashville, you're referring to it for a musical purpose. But, dude, there's a barbecue place in the strip of Nashville called Jack's Barbecue. Mm. If you're ever in Nashville, go to Jack's Barbecue. Um, he just paid me $100,000 to spot him on this interview. So um, go support the dude that makes the best barbecue in the city of Nashville. So Nice. There's a shout out yeah. if there if I've ever heard one. What's the website address? Do you know it? <clears throat> I have no idea. And I don't think he's actually going to pay me anything, but <laughs> Okay. Fantastic. So Nashville is a cool city. All right, we're going to keep going. Touring touring logistics to be exact. Touring logistics. Okay. Um have it nailed down before you leave. Very good. Man, this is so 
so good. This is like <laughs> this is exceeding all my expectations. I didn't know how this would go over. All right, very good. Yes. All right, how about um recording production? Just lay it down, man. Hmm. I like it. Just lay it down. Very cool. All right, I got a few more. Okay. Music marketing and promoting yourself. Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, somewhat evil necessity for the greater good. <laughs> I'd love to unpack that a little bit more, maybe at a, at a later time. Maybe we can talk more about that. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Um, church conflict. Where there is unity, grace abounds. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm laughing. You're probably thinking this is like such a serious moment for you. You're, you're, <laughs> you're thinking of this exact scenario uh, where you... Maybe I'm sorry. I'm just laughing. I don't know why I'm laughing. No, it's okay. I apologize I, for laughing. I, 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 I appreciate the laughter, man. Where there is unity, grace abounds. That's right. right. It's true. It's true. There's blessing. Amen. Okay, one more. Vision, okay. vision, and planning ahead. There's always room for spontaneity, but it's never a bad thing to have a plan. Cool. Which side of the horse do you fall off on that yourself? Um, from a, from like a worship standpoint, um, I like to have my set list planned out. But if there's a point in the set where I feel like I want to start, you know, just spont- spontaneously singing something else, um, I don't shy away from it. Very cool. If, this, if I feel like that's where the spirit's kind of leading. So. Yeah. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, thank you. That was yeah. uh, that was good. I, I appreciate that. That was some, some very helpful advice. I'm going to go through that and uh, put that in our show notes today <laughs> and qu- put quotation marks around everything you said. So Awesome. Um, <laughs> all right. Honestly, okay, how about we do this? What would be one thing that you would say to, you know, it could be anything, just to someone who's getting started, maybe you put yourself, you know, go back 10 years where you were 10 years ago. What would you say to yourself 10 years ago? Um. I really wish that I I would have known this from the start. Um, and that's, um, being in ministry is, is probably one of the toughest things you can ever do. And it's something that you shouldn't jump into lightly or make the decision to do lightly. Um, but I would say the biggest advice I can give any young worship leader or any person that has a calling to be in ministry or, um, write Christian songs or really do anything with, you know, within the realm of the church is to have a thick skin um, because mm-hmm. people are going, people are going to really hurt your feelings. And most of the time it's going to come from inside the body because we're, we're human beings. We're not perfect people. If you find a perfect church, don't go to it because you'll ruin it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I would say just have a thick skin and understand that, you know, we were given grace so that we can show grace back. Um, and, um, forgiveness is always going to be one of the toughest things, but really we've been forgiven more than we could ever give back. So we can at least try. That's awesome, man. Where there is unity, grace abounds.
That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think, no, I think, you know, all kidding aside, I, I really do believe that the more you have the heart to give and to serve, um, the more you, it comes around and blesses you. I mean, that might sound yeah. cliche, but it really is no, true. I, I think that has to be at the heart of everything from the way you run your business. If you're if you're more of the business type and you really have a lot um, that in, in terms of marketing and all that kind of stuff, we, we you know we almost went there, but we I decided not to go there because we talk about that sometimes on the podcast here, and yeah, it's just important to, to um, always what always wins is serving others. And, That's right. And um, no matter what you do, I think that always comes back around to to bless you. So preach it, bro. Yeah, man. Preach it, bro. <laughs> Jordan, dude, I, I really am so thankful to know you and, and just really sorry that we didn't do this a lot sooner. You know, I remember that night after we played that show in Winston. Yeah. Um, I was telling you, that was actually before I started this podcast and I was telling you, hey, I, I remember you were kind yeah. of sharing your vision for it with me. And I, I remember just thinking like, this is a really cool thing and look where it's at now, man. You know? Yeah, I'm really, really pleased with it. I'm very thankful. God's been very faithful through it. I'm learning a ton and um, more to come. And I, I'd, I'd love to bring you back on sometime. We can talk about some more stuff. Absolutely, so. man. I'm 100% down. Hey, before we go, why don't you tell folks where they can go find you? Awesome. Yeah. Um, as you kind of shared a little earlier, um, thejordancanel.com is really kind of the central hub of my entire social media um, campaign, I guess. Um, you can uh, find a link to my web store there. You can buy the music directly from me. Um, right now, the album's not on iTunes because it's getting ready to be re-released, as we talked about a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can find where I'm going to be playing at my website. You can listen to my songs on my website. You can buy my songs on my website. You can watch videos on my website. Um, you can see where me and my band have been. Um, and also... Um, my Facebook and Twitter and my Instagram, I'm always, you know, posting funny things and funny pictures of my band. I try to embarrass my band as much as I can. Um, it's a lot of fun. Nice. So, um, but anyways, uh, before I get off, I just want to send a shout out to my band, uh, Greg, John, Jordan, and Casey. I love you guys. Um, so excited for our next chapter in music. So fantastic. And you're on Twitter at Jordan Cannell, right? Yeah. Twitter and Instagram, both at Jordan Cannell. Awesome. Great. Well, um, we're going to actually send out our listeners to uh, the podcast. We're going to send them out with your song, Everything Everlasting, as we wrap this up today. But before I do that, I want to remind everybody to uh, head over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift. Uh, Pick up your um, free guide there on how I use Evernote to write more songs more regularly. Are you using Evernote yet, Jordan? Bro, I am. I am. But I actually found this new, new app called Hum. You should check it out. Oh. All right. I might go check that out. Hum. Yeah. I'll even include that in our show notes today, even though I, I don't necessarily endorse it yet. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't really necessarily endorse it either, but I was just, I'm throwing it out there. All right, sweet. Hum. H-U-M. Oh, hun. Wait. Hum. H-U-M. Hum. Like hum. hum a melody? Yeah, that's right. All right, all right. Got it. <laughs> all right. Sweet. I'll send people over there too. Um, well, All right. So yeah, everybody um, have a great week and we'll see you next time on the CMB podcast.
can make the stars And you can have my hands And you can hold my heart Singing Thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.